Okay, Carol, uh, I got a tape running right now. Uh, the big budget, uh, I guess not the big budget, the interim budget brought out uh, yesterday. Uh, education and homelessness were two of the big pillars you built this thing around. Uh, does that mean you're done in those two areas, or is more money going to come uh, down the avenue uh, in February? Well, the budget update uh, yesterday really was the first step uh, and putting us on a path to make sure that, that we invested in people and the priorities that matter to them, um, that we build a strong, sustainable economy that works for everyone, uh, and that includes investments in education and housing, as you point out, that are critical to making sure that we grow our economy, that we have a well-trained, well-educated workforce, and that we support our communities and families because let's remember they help build this budget. Uh, they help build a strong economy in British Columbia and they certainly should see some of the benefits of that. Okay, so more money will be coming for, say, education in February then. Uh, when you see this budget, we've actually put a large investment into education, $681 million. Um, the enrollment issues will, will occur as September happens. Uh, we're starting to see an enrollment increase now in the, in the districts in, across British Columbia. So again, we'll have to reassess where the enrollment numbers are as we get into the February budget. Okay. I note that capital spending in education remains uh, more or less unchanged from what the Liberals put on the table uh, earlier this year. Uh, now, again, this is an interim budget, but will there be money for capital projects? I, I note that in this district especially, they're begging for some capital investment. Well, and again, the, the previous government did put some money into capital at the last minute when we were going into an election. We're actually going to make sure we move that along, that we look at how you expedite that, because there are needs certainly in fast-growing districts like Surrey, but also in growing districts like, like Kamloops uh, and like the Interior. So you will see those projects roll out uh, over the next while, but there was money that was put in, and we're going to make sure that that's spent. Will you increase the capital investment in the February budget or no? Uh, again, we're going to have to take a look at all of the capital investments. We have a large capital build, build plan already. Uh, if you take a look, it's, it's record numbers when it comes to building infrastructure across our province, and that includes the, the interior, that includes everything from the Royal Inland Hospital um, to looking at some of the housing projects already that have been committed to in the area uh, of Kamloops. So we'll be reviewing all of the capital projects. We want to make sure that our debt-to-GDP ratio remains affordable for taxpayers, we want to make sure that, uh, and it is, we are co quite comfortable with the numbers that we're looking at. Um, and as projects are completed, we'll have the opportunity to look at additional projects. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the promises made by your party in the campaign, which was glaringly absent in yesterday's budget, was the $10 a day daycare. I know you're also forecasting a, a surplus of around the $200 million mark over the next three years, but uh, I, potentially that money could be eaten up with a $10 a day daycare plan. So what's going on in that front? Is that coming or no? Uh, it is coming. Uh, it's going to take some time to implement. The, the plan that came forward from the child care advocates is a 10-year plan, so it does take some time to implement. You need to make sure that you've trained early childhood educators, that we have the quality that's there for, for children, and that we build the child care spaces. So this budget has money for child care spaces, and then we'll work with the advocates, we'll work with the experts to put together an implementation plan on child care that you'll start seeing details of in the February budget. Okay, so you'll really address this issue in the in next year's budget then? That's right. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, oh, actually, one more question on the on the daycare. I know the Green Party's not a big fan of that. Can you move forward without their support, or do you have to work around them, or what? Mm -hmm. Well, that's part of our consultation. As you know, we have a minority government with an agreement with the Greens, and we all agree on affordable, quality, accessible child care. We just have differences of opinion around how to get there. So the Greens will be part of that consultation through the fall to make sure that whatever we bring forward is the strongest that it can be. 
All right. Uh, I want to talk about the carbon tax. I'm curious, why remove the requirement for it to be revenue neutral? Well, what I hear from the public is that they are willing to pay towards climate action if the money actually goes towards climate action. Uh, And so taking away the revenue neutrality means that we provide an opportunity for increasing the uh, lower income tax support that people get right now around the carbon tax so that we can address the equality issue for people who are low and middle income. So they'll see an increase starting in April uh, on their credits that they receive. And then we'll use the rest of the money for green initiatives because really if you look at climate action, what works best is carrot and stick, providing the, the stick to make sure the carbon tax is there so that people look at changing their behavior, but also giving them options, um, making sure that they have the choice to change their behavior. And that includes everything from increases in transit uh, to increases in building retrofits, providing opportunities for people to reduce their energy, uh, energy smart programs. So we will be through the Minister of Environment working on that plan, uh, making sure that the public sees when their dollars come in that they're being spent on what they should be spent on. And that'll be part of the reporting out on the climate action uh, plan that we will bring forward. I know the previous government really ruled out using carbon tax revenue for uh, BC Transit, especially for TransLink down in the lower mainland. Is that door now open now or no? Uh, We certainly believe that that green initiatives include transit, and that includes all parts of British Columbia. Uh, That includes when you take a look at some of the challenges in BC Transit when it comes to buses in in rural communities. That's included as part of our climate action. We have to make sure that this is working for people across British Columbia, and we know there are bigger challenges when it comes to the interior and the north when it comes to carbon tax. So we will be looking at those investments as well. The Liberal opposition has already raised the idea that you guys could use this thing as a piggy bank, potentially a couple billion dollars in revenue in the years ahead there. Uh, Will the government keep your hands off of it from moving that money into general revenue or no? We'll be reporting out to the public so they'll see where their dollars come in and where their dollars go out. Uh, I believe that's important to be accountable to the public and that's what I plan to do. That's not exactly a promise to keep your hands off the money though, Carol. People will see it used for green initiatives and we'll report out on that so they can see where their dollars have gone. All right. Uh, the MSP chopped in half. Uh, I, I can pretty much state that's going to be a wildly popular move among uh, the population, but it does create quite a hole for revenue, a hole made even deeper when you scrap it entirely in, in four years or so. Uh, how do you plan on plugging that hole? And and that's a very important piece. Uh, You are right. We have said that we will be uh, be eliminating the MSP premiums by the end of four years. uh, And we've taken a big step by reducing it by 50% for all British Columbians. Um, We will put in place a panel of experts to be able to look at how we make sure that we retain revenue over the next while. So that panel will be appointed in the next couple of months. They'll begin their work and they'll bring a report back uh, in the new year. All right. Uh, One of the things that uh, always uh, keep an eye on is debt, which continues to rise. Concerning or no? In fact, we believe our debt to GDP is affordable, um, 16.2%, going up to 164 and then tapering back down again to 163 uh, That's certainly not the highest you've seen in our province. Uh, we believe it's affordable, it's manageable, and it also makes sure that we're investing in the infrastructure that communities need because it not only provides much-needed services like hospitals and, and schools, it also makes sure that we create jobs in every corner of British Columbia because, as you know, capital builds and infrastructure infrastructure spending provide good jobs in communities and we want to make sure that we're increasing our employment and continuing to look at that as one of the key indicators of a strong economy. Yeah, but you also don't want to keep driving debt up. 
It has to be manageable. There's no question about it, and that's why you see these numbers are very manageable and very comparative uh, to the previous uh, budget as well. I'm curious. I know that uh, we're early days here, and you're kind of beginning the process now of looking forward to February, never mind uh, the budgets that will follow that. But, uh, Carol, are you closing the door on the idea of deficits, or is there any possibility there? Well, as you can see, we have a balanced budget over three years, uh, and that's uh, the commitment, and that's the plan that we brought forward. Um, I think, you know, no one can can predict what may happen in the future, but I am confident that we're going to continue to see a strong economy in British Columbia. We're putting the fundamentals in place to help that happen, uh, and that's the plan. All right. Uh, the $400 renter subsidy was not in the budget either. What's the plan there? That's going to be part of a, a comprehensive housing strategy. What we saw with the, the previous government is a piecemeal approach to dealing with affordability. Uh, they brought in the forest foreign buyers tax, as you know, which saw a little bit of a blip down in the real estate market, but then it climbed right back up and affordability continues to be at a crisis point. So we don't want to piecemeal this. We want to make sure we're doing it right. We want to make sure we address the challenges for families, for people in all corners of this province. We've taken a big step by making the two investments that we've made in the housing area. We're also increasing support for the residential tenancy branch because disputes between landlords and tenants need to be addressed quickly. It's not good for anyone if those drag out so we're providing more resources to deal with the backlog and the wait list there and then we'll develop a comprehensive housing strategy that looks at everything including the renter's credit. All right and I guess my last question is on the opioid crisis obviously a horrific situation playing out in our province and uh, it goes beyond just sinking money into it but uh, you did do that to try and and stop this uh, all the people dying and that kind of thing is there going to be more money more avenues to kind of approach this thing in your mind or no? Well, we really have to address it. Um, as you say, this really is a crisis, and you know, one death is too many, and we've seen too many deaths in British Columbia. We're putting $322 million in over three years to address the fentanyl emergency. We're looking at everything from early intervention, treatment, prevention, recovery efforts. And as you know, we put in place a new Minister of Mental Health and Addictions who's going to get up every day and focus on this crisis as well as developing a, a proper a linked system for people struggling with mental health and addiction so they can get the help when they need it. This is a crisis that will take all of our efforts and government is joining that fight. All right. And uh, Carol, uh, last question before I let you go here in February. Uh, what will be the priorities in that budget? We've seen the priorities yesterday. Will there be a shift? What are you looking to build the next budget around? Well, we're going to continue with our three priorities for the public, uh, making life more affordable, improving services, and building a strong, sustainable economy with jobs in all parts of our province. Those are the public's commitments. Those are the public's priorities. There are commitments, and we're going to follow through on those. All right. I know your time is precious. You've been generous with yours. Thank you, Carol. appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shane. Take care of yourself. I will.